As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I mean, come on, Ed, it's bullcrap! Don't get me wrong, I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom! It is Anchor Man! Not a good lady, and that is a scientific fact. Uh-huh. I don't know what we're yelling about. You're with us, Ron. What do you think? She, she, it's terrible. She has beautiful eyes, and her hair smells like cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Loud noises. All right, everyone relax. She's not going to take anyone's air time. I read somewhere that their periods attract bears. The bears can smell the menstruation. Well, that's just great. You hear that, Ed? Bears. Now you're putting the whole station in jeopardy. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them cowboys? How about them cowboys, indeed. Cowboys, bears, week eight, this Sunday at Jerry World. It's going to be a good one. Bears coming off a big win over the New England Patriots. So they'll be rolling. Will the defense have what it takes to stop Justin Fields? I think so. We'll preview it all here on this episode of About Them Cowboys via the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kent producing and welcoming you and joined by three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys from the Athletic. He's your stars and Cowboys beat writer, Saad Youssef. He's your Cowboys beat writer, Father John Mashoda, and he's your freak, morning host, Kevin KT Zerner. Hey, KT, what's up, man? Hello, happy Halloween, Kent. Happy Halloween. And it's Bears Week. Boo! Here they come after Monday <laughs> night. They really stuck it to the Patriots. Look out! They rush for 180 yards per game. Ooh! All right, yeah. so here's the deal. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to on today's show and we should start with the Cowboys saying, you know what? We're not happy with one aspect of our defense. We'll see if we can do a little moving and shaking here. John, how surprised were you to see the Cowboys make a trade and bring in Jonathan Hankins? Uh, Not too surprised just because that kind of lines up with the type of move that they've been making. You know, they don't, they haven't really, you know, given up much or made many significant uh, commitments to players, uh, big name guys, and things like that. And so, after they made the deal, 
and maybe like go back and and go back to March and basically just go through. I'm like, all right, let's see what they've added, whether it's trade or uh, you know free agency signing since basically March. And the list really isn't bad. I mean, it's it's Dante Fowler, James Washington, Cavante Turpin, Brett Maher, Anthony Barr, Jason Peters, and now J- Jonathan Hankins. And so those guys are. It's all somewhat similar. They're they're guys that they can help you out. You're not. It's not changing the landscape or anything. And all of a sudden, this is the move that puts you over the top. And now they have to be the favorites to win the NFC. But it's a good, solid move because they needed help stopping the run, and that's what Jonathan Hankins does. He's not going to get you a bunch of tackles for a loss, not going to get you a bunch of sacks, but he's a big dude, you know, 330, probably 6'3", um, and he stuffs the run, and he does the dirty work, probably will be able to keep guys clean like Leighton Van Der Esch and Anthony Barr to be able to, you know, make tackles, and, and, and they needed help stopping the run, and that's what Jonathan Hankins does. And, hey, he's... He's an older guy. He's in his 10th season, second round pick out of Ohio State back in 2013. So he's not a guy that's going to be going out there, you know, playing the majority of snaps. He's going to be out there to be a first, second down guy. And, and you know, he'll be out there for rundowns. And then when it comes to third downs or, you know, passing situations, that's when they'll bring in their Tristan Hills and, you know, Osas and Neville Gallimores and things like that. So I know when it happened, a lot of people think, oh, well, now Neville's gone. I don't necessarily get the sense that that's happening. They don't really play the exact same position, even though they both are defensive tackles. So I don't think Neville's going anywhere, uh, but uh, it's it's a solid move. I don't think it it doesn't really shake things up tremendously. No, I, and, and just I, I thought that it was the same thing. Like, you know, I, I thought it was solid. And, and, uh, and also, like, when you talk about um, their – we talk about their pass rush almost synonymously with their defensive line or defensive front. And I think, I think John, that's a really good point that like, you know, their run defense has, has had some holes there. There has been some um, things there that can be improved. And so I think it's important to look at those two things very differently because unless you're even Micah Parsons, like Micah Parsons, isn't exactly the greatest run stopper. Not that he's lacking or bad in that area, but Demarcus Lawrence, for example, I think is the best run stopper on the team, um, even better than Micah. And Micah is the best pass rusher. So I think there there's two very different roles. And just because, and, and the same way that it's that way on the um, outside is the same way inside as well. So are they unhappy with, um, I don't know if unhappy is the word, but are they, Neville Gallimore is a guy who you, know, you spent a premium draft pick on, top, th- top three pick, right? And... I felt like in training camp, it did seem like he was a little bit bigger. And I don't know if they had asked him to put on a little bit of weight. I mean, that was never his like game. He was a pass rushing type of defensive tackle coming out of Oklahoma. So are they just kind of having issues figuring out what he is or what to do with him or him just performing? What's going on there specifically? Well, they're not saying that they're unhappy with him. But like I, my favorite saying that I live by that I repeat all the time and it nauseates people, but actions speak louder than words and their actions are that they're not happy. And you mentioned training camp. I I, I go back to that practice against the Broncos. When he sat there and said after the practice was over, how, you know, basically I wish someone would give me a heads up about this altitude and how he was winded a couple plays in. And then all of a sudden he's playing into the third, fourth quarter in these preseason games where anybody that's even close to be mentioned to a starter are gone after the first quarter's over. Actions speak louder than words. Then you get to this week, he's inactive. 
on, you know, full go in practice. And then, you know, so Stephen Jones goes on the radio and says, hey, you know, he was still dealing with some stuff, even though he's medically cleared. We talked to Mike the following day and, and McCarthy says, yeah, he's dealing with some stuff. But after at the end of a long answer, you know, towards the end, he basically says he, or not basically he does say it's coach's decision. And his coach's decision was to go with Tristan Hill over Neville Gallimore. And so he didn't say that was his decision because, oh, well, he was injured. It's because that's who he wanted to go with in that situation. And so that seems a lot different than Neville Gallimore that we were expecting going into the season. So because of that, like I said, their actions show you that they're not pleased with Neville Gallimore. So regardless of what they're saying, if you are pleased, then you're going to be playing him all the time. And to have him inactive for a game, I mean, that just that said a lot to me there. Yeah, no, no, I, th- I think you're all over it. And I just, I guess where I go, I mean, look, they've built up the defensive line through premium picks. Chauncey Golston, uh, Osa, Tristan Hill even, those kind of premium picks. Like, they have done a good job of building all that up. So if one of them happens to not work out, I guess that's fine. But yeah, this is interesting. I mean, you're not giving up anything. But then again, right? Dan Quinn didn't draft him, though. I mean, he's a premium pick. Yeah. But there's my thing, like, everybody... Everybody likes the good story. I've been sucked into this narrative a, a few times over the last, you know, six or seven years with the Cowboys and that and that story of just how, you know, from the outside, you know, when things are going good, whether we're talking 14, 16, you know, other times, 18, 19, whatever, there were some other runs there. And then obviously last year and then now what we've seen so far this year where, you know, everybody's just bought in and everybody loves everybody and everybody's having a good time. And it's just like, I'll tell you one thing it makes me think of is especially with all the stuff going on with Russell Wilson lately. It's yeah. It sounds like all those guys hated him and they were rolling in Seattle. So I don't know how much that, Hey, we all love each other. But the other part going back to Neville Gallimore is, is like, how naive would you have to be to think that all 25, 30 guys on each side of the ball, all are bought in and all love what the defensive coaches want from them. And all are, what, there's always going to be guys that whether they're unhappy with the coaching staff, because they're only, you think Sam Williams only wants to play 14 snaps a game. doesn't mean he's unhappy, but I'm sure Sam Williams wants to be out there for 30 plus snaps a game. You know, there's going to be things where guys aren't completely thrilled with how they're being used. And there's going to be coaches that aren't thrilled with the way players are playing, you know? And so, um, like I said, Dan Quinn has never said anything that he's unhappy with Neville Gale or Mike McCarthy's never said anything, but the actions make you wonder. And it's a defensive tackle that you bring in and Hankins like, Terrell Basham didn't play last week, you know, so uh, we're not talking about him. Uh, Terrell Basham actually hadn't played since week one. We're not talking about him, and maybe that's a bit of it, but I think it's also like what you spend on it. It's the old thing of what you know how much someone makes or in the NFL where they were drafted does matter. Um, And it's a great fit, though. Like Cowboys, a classic trade with the Raiders, as they often do. But, you know, Hankins was losing playing time there because they're playing younger guys. So, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I know I was a big proponent, of, and I'm always this way of waiting till the deadline to make a trade because you never know how injuries are going to affect things and things like that. Man, when the Bears are coming in here and the Bears are pretty committed to running the ball. Outside of the Eagles, they run the ball more than anyone. Uh, and their quarterback likes to run, and they got two capable running backs. So it doesn't hurt to have him this week, you know? <laughs> let's, let's get him right in there. So I like that. And he, and he said today that, you know, He's got time to get ready. You know, if they were playing yeah. tomorrow, it might be a little bit different, but he's got a few days. I, I think he comes in and plays probably, I don't know, 10, 15 snaps, maybe 20, but 10 or 15 seems like a good guess. And and I'm saying that because they are a running team that they're playing against. But I, 
I mean, he's coming off of, you know, playing with the Raiders. This isn't like this is a guy that's been on the streets and he's just recently signed with a team or something. So he should be able to give him help in, in that situation. Quentin Bohanna and some of those other guys. And, and and I always feel like when a team knows that another team's trying to run, there's just that little bit more emphasis on it, you know, whether it's practice or whatever, you know, whether you're talking about Justin Fields, Justin Fields, the runner is what makes the difference, you know, for them. If he, they ran the ball well against New England, don't get me wrong, but Justin Fields is what put it over the top. And so that's really the thing. If you tell me they can contain him and he doesn't, you know, it's not just the yards, it's how he would extend these plays on these third and longs and these second and longs where you're like, oh, you're in a good spot. And then all of a sudden he drops back, the pockets collapsing, boom, he escapes 15, 20 yards and just keeps everything going. And those are demoralizing shots that the Cowboys got to make sure that they don't allow too many of those from Justin Fields. Keep him in the pocket, make him throw, make him beat you throwing the football. I think that's the best game plan. So yeah, but if by all means, hey, if they run all over the Cowboys, then yeah, the Bears will do. I don't know if they'll blow out the Cowboys like they did to the Patriots, but but they'll beat the Cowboys. Yeah, and one last thing I'll say on Jonathan Hankins uh, before uh, before we move on is is uh, a conversation I had with Sean Lee. I think you know back in like 2018, 19. I remember I did I did a story at the on the Athletic for this. Um, just how much linebackers depend on the guys in front of them when it comes to run stopping more, more so than pass rush. You know, when you talk about filling gaps, I think the story that I was doing was something about, you know, how, how much of a sham are tackles, this, this, the stat, right? Because linebackers always get tackles, but defensive tackles don't. So Sean Lee was just talking about how, how much like, you know, the chemistry that we talk about, everyone talks about chemistry between cow, uh, between quarterbacks and receivers, things like that. But the chemistry that doesn't always get seen is kind of like that center quarterback chemistry, right? Like Travis Frederick with Dak. And he's and I remember Sean Lee saying the same thing. He's like that defensive tackle linebacker chemistry is there's something to it in terms of how the linebacker reads off the defensive tackles butt and where he's going and all those kind of things. So I'll be interested to see kind of how the linebackers react as well for whatever plays that he's in there. Now, uh, John, have you had time to collect your thoughts on the uh, Eagles trade that just uh, went down? Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, we're recording this on Wednesday evening. So uh, Wednesday afternoon, the Eagles trade a fourth uh, trade a fourth round pick to the Chicago Bears for Robert the Mighty Quinn. Now, I mean, if you're an Eagles fan, you got to love it. I mean, they are the making man. no doubt. Medicine man. They're making no doubt about it that they're all in. And with how wide open the NFC is, that's that's a smart play to me. I mean, it. Maybe these things don't pan out, and in a couple of years, you look back on regretting it. But even then, I mean, they're giving up – like, they gave up a fourth-round pick, but it's not like they're hurting for draft ammunition. I mean, they got quite a few picks in these next couple of drafts, so I don't think they're going to be set back like, let's say, the Rams were when they went and got Von Miller and some of the other moves that the Rams did. I, I just th- – I think it's a great move because, again, I just think they're all in. The The NFC East is – they're in good spot there. But the NFC as a whole, I mean, they got a chance to get home field throughout – and be able to win an NFC that's as open as I can remember it being open. So I love the move. Uh, and I get a little laugh out of, you know, when you tweet about it and Cowboys fans are like, you know, try it and, and like knock it down. Like it's not that big of a deal, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. If, if the Cowboys that was announced today gave a fourth round pick for somebody of that magnitude, everybody would be excited. So I understand that everyone hates the Eagles. I get all that from a Cowboys perspective, but uh, if, if there's any way that you can, you know, look at it from an unbiased standpoint for a few seconds. I don't understand how any fan base would not be all in on what Howie Roseman's been doing in Philadelphia. I'm not saying it's going to work, but if you're a fan, you, you have to love the aggressiveness. 
Yeah, and I think Robert Quinn, you know, help is definitely. I don't want to say necessarily like some huge upgrade, but he definitely helps. And on top of that, I mean, there's there's stuff to be said about what he brings on the field, and then I think in the locker room as well. I mean, you know, I, I kind of thought that when I saw the trade go down, and then you see Roquan Smith like tearing up at the podium, like you know, like those kind of things, like. There's something to be said about younger guys or, you know, guys that can look up to him. We heard that about Robert Quinn when he was here in Dallas, too, with uh, with some of the guys that he took under his wing here. So I think they're I think it's it's a good move all around for them. Yeah, that's the one part, too, where it felt like the Eagles might be it could come back and get them, I guess, was the pass rush. And, you know, it's on Reddick's fine, things like that. But now you're like, okay, well, that just got bolstered a little bit. If it's the Robert Quinn you got from last year, he hasn't had a great year this year so far, but it's early. But but it's like the Hankins him. thing. You're not looking for that many snaps. In this role that he's yeah. going to be in now, you got to work him in with Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick and and uh, Brandon Graham. I know Reddick's more of an outside linebacker, but he's primarily yeah. primarily a pass rusher. And they added Robert Quinn because of his pass rushing ability. They, that's Let's be honest here. So... They have some waves of guys there that looks pretty looks pretty uh, formidable. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Now, where are we at on Zeke, John? Uh, obviously, is this um injury here? Is this from the big hit where it looked like he landed on his butt and knee? Is that where this uh, this happened here? Yeah, that right knee when he took that yeah. shot, hyper extended that knee, and mm. you know it looked at at first like he was done for the game. He goes to the sideline. They go to commercial break. A couple plays later, he's back out there. Uh, second half, he's, you know, running the ball hard, leaping over guys, gets two rushing touchdowns. So he said Monday it was real stiff, real sore, uh, but it's not quite as bad uh, today when we talk to him. But I put it at 50-50 that he plays on Sunday. And the only reason I say that is because it's not a division game and you have to buy the following week. If you give him two weeks, and which will technically be three weeks, uh, to rest that, have the swelling go down, get back as close to 100% as possible. I think that's the smart play here for the long run. Whether or not they do that remains to be seen. It'll be one of those decisions where the medical staff gets with, you know, Mike McCarthy and they talk over what the best plan of attack is. But, you know, did not even see him out there today on the resistance cords, you know, that's pretty rare. So uh, he's been rehabbing off to the side, didn't see him at all at practice. Uh, I I just think that I wouldn't be surprised if they if they're a little bit cautious with this. If they leave it up to Zeke, he's going to play. But I, I think that they might be cautious here. I, I know that there's one outlet reported that it was an uh, an MCL tear, and technically you can call a sprain a tear because there are ligaments that are torn, but they don't tear completely. I mean that's basically what a sprain is, and that's what leads to swelling. But I know when you see MCL tear, that that you know you put that in headlines because that grabs people, and it, it it's like oh like this is way more serious than it is. I'll just say this. It's not as serious as what he had last year. And obviously he was able to play through that. So um, I think that lines up pretty good for them. Hey, go in with Tony Pollard against the Bears. Give him 20 plus carries. Go into the bye week. Bring Zeke back the following week against the Packers. I'm no doctor anymore, but I'm with you. Like, why would we even mess with it? Like, why is it even consideration? Which I'm guessing it's probably not. That might just be there's like player speak or uh, coach speak might be, oh, we'll see just for strategy purposes. But like, there's no reason Zeke should play this week. Like you, you don't need it. Um, and, um, I also think like, it's interesting that the bears kind of have like a similar situation to the Cowboys with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. It is Zeke, Tony Pollard North, I guess. I mean, uh, if you look at like the, all the stats and the way they're used and just watching them, like David Montgomery can get some of those, 
uh, goal line type touches or some of those short yarded situations. Tony Pollard uh, and Khalil Herbert kind of match up in ways that they're a little more explosive and they're averaging more yards per carry, but they're both better, you know, when both of them are active. I mean, I, we're all happy with the way Zeke's performed so far this year, right? Yeah. Did you guys hear the uh, the guys see the the clip of the guys arguing about Tony and Zeke on on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure out if it was staged or not. I don't think it is. Mo- most stuff on the internet is, but yeah, go on. <laughs> Listen. You don't know how many yards Zeke got though. Pollard got more than Zeke's now. I guarantee he does. He's probably got over a hundred yards already, Matt. It just said how many yards he had. Zeke don't have a hundred yards. It just—I didn't say Zeke had a hundred yards. I just said. <laughs> It just seen how many yards he just had. He had 70 yards. He's got more than Zeke. So that's going to make him over Pat. Pat, going to the game, they're only 40 yards apart. I'm looking at the stats right here. That's why I was staying the whole fucking time. It's a one-two punch. It's a one-two fucking punch. You're saying Zeke's better than Pollard. I didn't say that. Oh, my God. If he sees a hole, he's going to run it from the other I didn't fucking say it. All I said is a one-two punch. I said, Zeke runs the ball first to wear down that defense. Then they stick Pollard in because he's faster. It's a one-two punch. If you listen to Romo, what he's been saying the whole entire time. (laughs) So I'd like to think I have a pretty good radar for that type of stuff. Like I can tell you, one of the ones that like I that annoyed me pretty early on. This is about four or five years ago. Was the my team just lost break the TV video? You know, because yeah. someone probably oh, originally yeah. at the beginning broke it, but then it turned into just where you would watch something and you'd be like, "Cool, you rewound the TV," and it was probably some old TV you were getting rid of anyway, and so you did this so you could go viral. With that being said, that right there, hundred percent confident that was authentic. That was real deal. That sounded the completely one- real. During the Redskins game, I think they missed a field goal, and a guy like pulled off his fish tank onto the into the yeah, shattered all over the apartment, and like, oh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> he destroyed his entire house when they yeah. I'm skeptical on a lot of those. We've come a long way too from the 100 yard rushing game um, just discussion. It's a lot to me. Yeah. Like, it's it, this is a weird one, but just go with me for a second. This is based in Detroit. The 40-hour work week was standardized in 1926, and we still just kind of go with it. <laughs> like, it was based on what the Ford company was doing at a factory. Yeah. So, like, 100 years, the 40-hour work week, it's what we should do. It's what we did in 1926. So, I'm always kind of amazed that we still talk about things in ways of, like, 100-yard games. Now, it is a catch. Like, it's a talking point, sure, right? We all love stats and numbers when we follow store, uh, sports. Like, I understand that. <laughs> But like, I feel like the 100-yard rusher, the 1,000-yard rusher are almost obsolete things to be talking about. Uh, well, I think it has a lot to do with the game has changed, too, you know, with yeah. you know, Thursday being the anniversary of Emmett Break and Walter Payton's rushing record 20 years ago. I think it's also that who's really just, you know, uh, going back to that video, for example, like the whole one-two punch thing, that's what everybody's trying to do. That's where you're, everyone's trying to go because because of literally what just happened this week with Zeke. They take such a pounding at the position that you really don't want to go into it. The, the, the idea of you having just one Emmett Smith or Walter Payton or Barry Sanders, it's just so hard to find a guy like that. I mean, heck, you know, the, the 49ers just going to get Christian McCaffrey, and, and he's probably one of the most dy- dynamic backs in the game. But 
even when he's going there, you're, there's a party that's like, yeah, but is he going to stay healthy? You know, and he hasn't even had the wear and tear that an Emmett Barry or uh, Walter Payton had. So I think also the game has made it to where are we really going to sit here and talk about another 100-yard game? Obviously, if a guy's getting a 100-yard game, his team's good chance that they're probably winning because they're still yeah. running the ball well into the fourth quarter. I, I get all that, but it just you there's just not a lot of good backs out there that you really can count on like that anymore. I mean, you just go from a from a fantasy perspective. You look at the top guys in those lists. It's like Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. Like, How much do you really trust in those? To me, Adrian Peterson's probably the last one that I really felt like I trusted like on that level. Yeah, and I think it was also around that time where you started really seeing these one-two backs like a lot. I like you know the Patriots would do this always with Kevin Falk and and whoever else they were running out there, whether it was Corey Dillon or Antoine Smith or whatever. But to me, when I think about like the the definition of of that one-two punch, it, it goes back for me with uh, God. Who was that in Carolina? D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it was like mm-hmm. around that time when when you know smash and dash. Like that, that's kind of when that became um, prevalent. And I think that's kind of the way of the works now in the NFL. Do you guys know how many sacks the Bears have this year? No, how not many? that many. They have 12. Robert Quinn had one of them. Yeah. And Michael Parsons has eight by himself. <laughs> and then just, th- just think about what that message that sends to the rest of the locker room. I mean, I understand, you know, KT, you mentioned Roquan Smith crying, but just the optics of you're just showing your cards at you yeah oh hey oh hey are you guys really excited that you just beat the patriots and the front office like guess what one of our best players we're giving away oh really like what are we getting a fourth round pick wow yeah all they care about honestly in chicago is building around justin fields how does justin fields look and if let's get if we're getting rid of robert quinn Hopefully we use that pick to help Justin Fields. Like, I think that's a mentality. I think they know they're not winning the Super Bowl this year. So everyone's really excited about how it happened on, on, or what happened on, on Monday. But yeah, no one, no one's thinking they're, they're in on it this year or anything, John. No one. You think that there are guys in their locker room that are just like, oh yeah, this, you think Justin Fields is like, Hey guys, rebuild year. Hey, I know we just beat the Patriots. Oh, no, probably one of our biggest wins. Talking about Bears fans being no, there. I don't care about Bears fans. I'm talking about the players on the field. I'm talking about the message it sends when you're like, "Yeah, oh. hey, did you just find out? Did you hear what? Why would happen? Yeah, Robert Quinn, he's gone. He's, he's, I think he's been rumored to be traded here for a couple of seasons. I mean, right, but much. I'm just saying he hadn't been traded, and then they just had their best win, and he's one of their best players. I'm saying that mm-hmm. the locker room when they see that, it's got to be like. Dude, what are we doing around here? Like, do we yeah. even care about anything? Like, and I don't even care if you knew that there were rumors that he was going to be traded. To do that right after you had that big win, that speaks volumes of, eh, nice win, guys, but we really don't care how many games we win. We're playing for draft picks over here. It's, it's Although, I will say, the Panthers the Panthers traded away. Oh, that's a good point. You know, their they're yeah. guys... After that, I mean, that was after a loss, but then they go and beat Tom Brady and the Bucks, right? And and I'm, I, and happens. with both the Panthers and Bears, I both expect both of them to they're going to just keep rolling. I mean, they're just a couple of juggernauts. This won't come back to haunt either one of them. I mean, they're, <laughs> I mean, hey, they're just coming off. They just beat Brady. The other team beat the Patriots. We'll see them both in the playoffs. I mean, if you're the Bears, though, you can't say no to a fourth round pick if that's, I mean, the best you think you're going to get, right? I mean, yeah, no, if front the timing, that's timing fine. sucks, but. If Ryan Poles has to pull the trigger on it, then then he does. Right. The, and the front office and that stuff, that's fine. But the McCaskies, they don't actually get on the field and play on Sunday. And the players are going to be yeah. out there on a noon game after just playing on Monday night 
And after that blow is dealt to them, I don't know. I'll be, I'll be impressed if they come out and they look just as good as they did against Patriots. I'll be impressed. But I'm also a guy that I lean a little bit towards that Vegas side. Big win. And with Robert Quinn. And that oh, big I can win. I can guarantee you they won't look as good as they did against the Patriots. I right. Can, big win. Yeah, hey, right big, big, biggest win they've had in a long time. And, 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 you know, they're coming off of Monday night. Hey, they just went into Foxborough. Nobody, nobody beats up at the Patriots like that yeah. in Foxborough. So that probably affected the line. It moved down a whole point from 10 and a half to nine and a half. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting the bears to just come in there and I mean, you better be ready, man. This is, it's the bears. The, the bears win. I'm playing this back as the intro. Yeah. Do yes, it. please. Yeah. <laughs> save that. Um, but it's up to the Cowboys offense to, to not make this a game. Uh, quite frankly, you yeah. think, need things to be better. And um, Michael oh, Gallup. I mean, KT, that's up. win or lose. That's win or lose. You can win this game. And if that offense still looks like, because let's, let's not act like this is just this season. This is a Dak thing. This is what I, when's the last time we've seen them, like the offense really click to where you're like, man, this looks like a good Cowboys offense right now. Because I don't personally think of that in some of those late season games against some of the bad teams. I'm talking no, about Patriots last year. And that's almost a full year ago that it's been since you've seen a really good offensive performance where you're like, damn, this is a team that can score with anybody. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. And specifically, I could take you to maybe the Giants game week five of last year, maybe the Patriots overtime win in New England where you were rolling. Like it's, it's, it's in that first four or five weeks of last year is where it's at. It's not beating Atlanta 43 to three. Now, right. I'm with you on that. So like I'm I, I I feel like there's where we're kind of to me it's like the number one thing I'm interested in this game is are we gonna get Michael Gallup going? See if Zeke doesn't play, how that rolls. I mean I think Rico Dowdle you could easily give him the Zeke role, you know, and kind of keep things the same if you'd like. What, what happens if Tony Pollard runs for a buck fifty? Hey man, I just told you, 100 yard rushing games are obsolete. Um, unless yeah, you're a quarterback, it'll be, it'll be real Jones. obsolete. It'll be real obsolete for those people that want Tony Pollard to be the lead back. It'll be real obsolete. They won't. That won't be any gasoline on their fire. Dude. Just tell them it's a one-two punch. Uh, That's what yeah. we're trying to do. Yeah, it's, a one, I, it's okay. I'm okay with saying it's a one-two punch. Um, yeah. And so well, are I'm, they. But both of those guys are completely legitimately cool with it too. I mean, they're good buds. There, I have never sensed any animosity from either one of them about that. And and for Zeke, I think one of the biggest reasons why is, yeah, maybe if they would have drafted Zeke in the first round in 2016, and then in that second or third round, they take Tony Pollard in the same draft class. Okay, maybe in 2016, 17, 18, it would have been a little bit different. But where Zeke's at in his career, he looks at Tony as kind of, yeah, get out there and get some of these carries. Because I also want to be as kind of as close to fresh as I can be when it really matters in January, because ultimately that's where my career is going to be defined at. It's going to have to be, we have to win in the playoffs. So if that means my carries go down to 13 to 15 and they're not 20, 25 during week seven against the Seahawks, so be it. I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen a little more of even a third running back, even into the mix. And maybe it's just like the way they're playing right now, but I kind of feel like they might need another guy to get a couple more carries in the game because I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I'm starting to get the vibe that they're happy with under 30 pass attempts, lean on the defense. And that's also another reason why they might not be interested at all in trading for a wide receiver. You know, which is, that's something we could get into in a second as well, because there's some wide receiver names that are interesting, including the Texans are dangling Brandon Cooks, who I think fits in really well here. 
They yeah. do have money that they could spend, a little bit of money uh, in the tank that they could go to, half a year left of salary. Uh, you know, I it's an interesting thing, but I get the vibe that they kind of want to go, no, eh, let's just run it. Uh, let's not make Dak throw it 40 times and win. I agree with that to a certain extent, but I'm going to bring up something that I heard Mike McCarthy say today when he was asked about Jonathan Hankins. And so when you're transcribing, you know, I bet you today, Mike McCarthy probably said, I don't know, 15, 15, 20 sentences about Jonathan Hankins. But there was one in there that I found interesting because it it made me think of the wide receiver thing. And that's, he was basically told that from their research, that this is a guy that would fit really well into our locker room. And the reason I thought of that with wide receiver is because I feel like that's the position in all of the NFL where you just make the wrong (laughs) addition there. That could blow up a lot of things. You know, a guy that all of a sudden wants the ball a lot and you're and you're sitting there going, no, 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 no. When we when we try to get you, we told you we're running it and we just needed another receiver. And then all of a sudden this guy wants the ball all the time and is complaining about not getting the ball. You don't necessarily want to add that to the mix right now. So it's going to have to be a delicate process. It's going to have to be one of those. If they add a receiver, it's going to have to be one that checks the boxes behind the scenes too because I don't think they want to just throw a player into into the wide receiver room that's obviously going to shake things up and talk about how they need to be getting the ball more. Is there any of those guys, Saad, that you would be interested in bringing in, though? I mean, the, the names that are here are the most common names. DJ Moore, uh, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, uh, and Denver. And I don't think any of these guys take a top three pick. Um, and I don't, no, and I don't I I've never heard anything shoot. bad about any of them either, like off the no. field. I mean, like not off the field, but in the locker room type thing. So yeah, that, that would all make sense. Brandon Cook's been traded yeah, like 12 Brandon, times in his career, but I think right. it's not because he's a bad dude. It's just teams yeah. get rid of him. Yeah. Pretty consistently. Yeah. I, you know, it's weird because I, you know, I think when you're a team like the Cowboys and you have that cap space, it's really enticing to go do something with it, especially if you're Jerry and you talk about how much you want to win all the time. Um, but Brandon cooks like that, you know, you talk about what it takes, probably a fourth round pick, like, you know, something like that, a mid round pick for Brandon cooks. Um, but, but I think John's right. I mean, honestly, I hadn't thought about it like that with wide receiver. The thing wide receiver and corners are kind of like the two, like more, most ego type, positions um on the football team and you have to be careful whenever you do bring in people like that so um so yeah i mean i don't know but but i think brandon cooks if if you did add someone then i do think it would be someone more brandon cooks i think judy would actually cost a little bit more than than you know someone like cooks so yeah and judy being on his on his rookie contract uh, keep in mind judy from the same draft that they got cd lamb so if they were thinking about wide receiver then maybe they like jerry judy I go to DJ Moore in Carolina, and we're not convinced that they're ready to trade DJ Moore, but it could be going that way. Boy, there was a lot of DJ Moore scuttlebutt back in the day, you know. So, like, oh, yeah. those are things that are very Cowboys interesting. I'm not even, him, I think. Yeah, I'm not talking about first take names like Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown. Like, often seems to happen in Cowboy Land. We're talking about like legitimate guys who would clearly help your offense, and I think their role fits as well because. I realize, look, we all love Michael Gallup, but they did pay him that contract. And they paid him a contract that they really didn't have to do given that he was coming off an ACL injury. But you're banking on him to return to that. Well, what if Michael Gallup doesn't ever get separation again this year? 
then yeah. then you're 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 counting on Noah Brown a lot, who we like in his role as what if wide what if CD four. gets hurt and has to miss a couple of games? Who's your number one? Yeah, and I've I've seen this too up close and personal as a guy who follows Green Bay. If you don't have a wide receiver who can get a lick of separation, then your quarterback is garbage and your team sucks. Like. Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Sammy Hamstring hey, Watkins. I don't know what you're talking nothing. about. Aaron, so. Aaron Rodgers said he he graded out his best game this week, so I don't know what you're talking about. Quarterback seems to be doing just fine. I was going to ask well, you, KT. I've seen a lot of <laughs> stuff about the Packers really wanting to go trade for a receiver. Do you think like they'd be more likely to get DJ Moore? Probably more likely to spend more on DJ Moore than the Cowboys would? What's what's amazing is the parallels between the Packers and the Cowboys continue to kind of happen. Packers kind of run things the way the Cowboys do: draft and develop. We don't like to make big splashes. You know, there's an occasional example here and there where they do, go do something and make a splash. They do make a splash of free agency here and there. But they've yeah, got like, injuries. They've got Cobb out and they've got Watson out, right? Watson's been out and he's been in the doghouse because he dropped the first pass of the season wide open. <laughs> but like, dude, dude, Rogers was throwing to a guy who three weeks ago was asked, what's he doing? Amari Rogers, how's he developing in the offense? And Rogers says, I don't know. He just returns punts now. And Rogers was throwing to him late in the game. Like guys are hurt. Guys are slow. Guys aren't getting open. And that's what happens to the Cowboys offense of CD lamb were to get hurt. I right. Like who's your separator? You don't have one, You're and don't tell me it. James Washington is coming back. And I that's that's what I'm that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that one of the Joneses or someone of power is going to be like, well, we are getting James Washington back. Yeah, I big see, deal. I, you know, I, I will say the the only thing that does give me a little bit of confidence that they might do something is if they if they see themselves in kind of like some kind of arms race with the Eagles. I feel like. If I feel like if this was just the Cowboys in a vacuum, I think they'd be very content. Um, but with the Eagles doing what they did in the offseason and what they continue to do um, right before the season started with that trade and then now with this trade, I feel like there might be some level of urgency with the Cowboys that like you know they want to compete with them. It sucks, KT, that the Packers buy is until week 14 because if it was earlier, you just get Rodgers to take all them dudes out to California and they just all do ayahuasca together. Man, that team would go on a run. Um, the other thing they I was bond. thinking of is we were talking to Jerry after the game, and uh, Christian McCaffrey trade came up, and uh, it was just a few of us around him. I mean, it was he was just about done talking. So, uh, Shereen Williams from uh, Pro Football Talk just threw it out there, and Jerry basically said that everybody. I mean, we knew he's like we knew about it, so that you know we weren't really in, we weren't interested in that. Obviously, with them having Zeke and Pollard, but it was one of those things where I just. At the time, I was thinking about like, all right, so everybody knows that this guy's available. <laughs> and so it took me to, so you trade Robbie Anderson, you trade uh, Christian McCaffrey, and now you have guys like Brian Burns and DJ Moore, like you mentioned. A story I would love to read that, will, that there's no way they'll ever be written, but I would love to hear a breakdown of all of the terrible offers teams have called them about in the last week. Because there has to be just some like, DJ Moore will give you our fifth this year and seventh. I mean, just got to be some awful things because they're just like, oh, there's a fire sale going on here. You know, and they put that news out there that, oh, you know, we turned down two ones. I think it was for Brian Burns or something. Yeah, no, you didn't. But no it, way. I, but it just would be interesting no to chance. hear what is what have been some of just the worst offers someone has come in 
and offered you there. But it is funny, and I thought of it because when you mentioned DJ Moore, I feel pretty confident with all the hours I wasted my life on Twitter that if you put that as a poll question to Cowboys fans of you know who would you want that could potentially be uh, gotten, I think DJ yeah. Moore would be number one. I, I, while we're here, just uh, same token because I know it's not specific to the Cowboys here, but it is interesting involving the NFC. What's because there's a lot of talk right now about the three and four Packers and Bucks with Rodgers and Brady. And you might, hey, if the Rams lose to the 49ers, they're free three and four too. The thing is, Tom Brady's going to make the playoffs because of that. Division. Playoffs? The Saints, Panthers, and Falcons are not going to topple them. So I know, John, I know, John, you're a big proponent of it doesn't matter if you win the NFC East. Well, in this case, in the NFC South, Tom Brady gets a free pass here, no matter how bad they end up being. Tom Brady's going to be in the playoffs. Rodgers, they're not catching Minnesota. And they're going to lose to Buffalo badly on Sunday night. Like, they're they're done. You don't have to worry about Green Bay anymore. Tampa and Bay and the NFC, is that's a team. I can just see here we are in October dancing around and writing them off. And then they, you know, beat you in January. And you see another Tom Brady super – ugh. It's just in it. It's just in this it. is this is what he did his whole career in the AFC East. He's doing it in the NFC South now. And if that you don't have to worry, it's different this year. I don't know. I, I I'm usually the Bucks guy on the podcast, but they they I don't know. Brady looks he looks frazzled this year. And if they don't make the playoffs, then you're looking at a playoffs where the quarterbacks are. I'll give you Brady, but then it's Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones. Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, I guess possibly Matthew Stafford. I mean, this is maybe maybe Garoppolo. I mean, I yeah, Garoppolo. And so when you look at that, I can totally see why Philadelphia would go out and get add another pass rusher because the NFC is there for the taking. It's wide open. Do you think we'll have another another year where we play Philadelphia? You know, whatever it is, second week before the end, and then have to play them again the first round. I actually don't. I think that. I think the Cowboys beat the Eagles the next time they play them. I think the Cowboys don't win the division, but I don't think that they would have to see them. I don't think they're going to end up seeing the Eagles in the playoffs. I don't. I just think the way things work Mm -hmm. out, I don't think that they're going to have to go through them. No, I do think, obviously, with them not winning the division, I think the Cowboys are going to have to go on the road, but I think that they're going to fare well on the road. I think they win at least one playoff game because they'll play good defense. They'll be able to run the ball. I don't know if it goes any further than that, but that I don't know. Every week that this season's gone on, I feel stronger and stronger that that's what's going to happen. Way too easy to even start this discussion, but the, keep in mind, you know, the teams behind the Eagles, the Giants at six and one, the Vikings at five and one. The Eagles have the tiebreaker on the Vikings too, so they got two games on them already. Obviously, what happens with them and the and the Giants, which I can't, I still can't believe it. I can't believe I can't. He look you in the eye and tell you they're a good team. That's I don't understand. Yeah. God, it's got to be. It's got to be. The 100-yard quarterback rushing game, though, not obsolete. We can always talk about those. The one loss Dak. to the those days are over for Dak. Cowboys. Oh, man. Dang it. Okay, anything else on the Bears before we make our predictions and shift to the halftime show? <laughs> Nothing for uh, me. I, I guess you, you, you guys talked about it. They, they don't have no receivers really up there. Equinemia St. Brown is starting to come on for them. Maddie Brafu's been praising him a lot recently. Uh, that tells you all you need to know. Talk Next about Eberflus in general. Let's talk about Eberflus. You know, obviously a guy who is here in Dallas, you know, Marinelli uh, clone, basically. He seems to be replicating the Marinelli style up there with the, the oh, point yeah. system and, and the hustle to the ball and, 
and the orphan style of rotation and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, I've always been an Eberflus guy. I'm rooting for him to be successful. Uh, and the early returns, I guess, are in somewhat encouraging. They had some a big win, I guess, to open the season against San Francisco. Uh, they looked good on Monday Night Football. So I would say it's probably, I don't know, 60-40 people in favor of Eberflus uh, in terms of the, the – I produce a, our Hogan Johns Bears pod here on The Athletic, so I go through all the voicemails every week and stuff from Bears fans. So I'm getting a lot of the sense of, of, of how things are going. And uh, yeah. They just don't have receivers. No one can catch the ball. Cole Komet can't catch the ball. Darnell Mooney, um, Justin Fields is a bright spot. The running game is a bright spot. They lost Lucas Patrick, uh, an offensive lineman, for pretty much the season. So they're going to be struggling on the offensive line. Tevin Jenkins, who was struggling this summer, was on the trade block, seems to be the guy, like the best offensive lineman for them right now, which is interesting. Uh, and the guy that they drafted a couple of years ago. Um, but that's, you know, that's it. And then they're just frustrated that they don't have the guy, the quarterback. That's the, always the story in Chicago is going through the quarterback <clears throat> carousel. And they're just wondering if Justin is the guy or not. I think he is. I think there's t- way too early to go that route with him. I mean, we're, what are we, 17 games in his career so far? Something like that. 18, 19 games. Yeah. Um, but he's a guy who's. You know, he's under 60% completion percentage guy. To me, it's the fumbles. It's the turnovers. So weird interceptions at weird times, which no one talked about it much. At Ohio State, he had a couple games where he would just throw crazy. Like the Nebraska yeah. game really jumps out to me in Ohio State. I was like, what are you doing? What did you see? How did that happen? So, like, I was never really that high on Justin Fields coming out relative to first-round chatter um, right. that year. But, like, dude, he's, he's a not a pocket too. passer. He's not a pocket pass. He has no po- really presence in the pocket. Um, they need to lean into Philly. They, they were watching Cooper Rush uh, the past few weeks asking me, like, God, how do you guys have a guy that can just stand in there and make throws? Like, that's all we're, we we want is somebody who could just stand in there, make a three-step drop, and and throw, a, you know, a 10-yard out or whatever it is. Um, yeah. They need to scheme it around Justin Fields more, you know, more design runs, uh, lean more into the running game. And just know that he's not really a, a passer. You know, it's Lamar Jackson. Uh, you can lean more into the Josh Allen type runs, that kind of stuff. I'm sure the Cowboys would gladly trade Cooper Rush for Justin Fields if they want to do that deal. Oh, 100%. Yeah, straight up. Straight up. Throw in a full. Well, here's the thing. They uh, they traded, they got Justin Fields, I think, right before the Cowboys got Micah. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And they that trade for trade him. Up. Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of like, oh, we could have had Micah Parsons. Is this really worth <laughs> This guy, this guy better be the guy because we could have. Oh, I think Parsons. if you're the Bears, I think that's we a just had just gotten rid of Khalil Mack and he could have just come yeah. right in here and been the next Khalil Mack, you know. Or if, if you're the Bears, that's a no brainer. They've had plenty of good defensive players. They've been looking for a quarterback forever. I think that. Yeah. And and, and really, I remember that draft night uh, very well. There there weren't. It would be hard, you'd be hard to find many Bears fans that didn't like the idea of them taking Justin Fields right oh, yeah. there. Yep. All right, let's go to picks. Last week. Wins for everyone. How about that? We all thought the Cowboys would beat the Lions. Look at us risk takers. Um, we'll start with you, Kent. You're uh, still in last place, though, at three and four. So uh, it's up to you to kick us off here. Yeah, Dallas for sure in this one. I'm going big win for Dallas, 30 to 17. 30 to 17. Sod, we go to you at four and three. Yeah, you know, I think it's 
It's interesting for me on this. With Iberflus, the one thing that I do kind of, you know, think about is he, I, John, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was like some kind of passing game coordinator or something like that as well. Yeah. In addition to his, uh, right. So, oh yeah, I, he's know. the best. He's the best piece <laughs> on the Jason Garrett tree of coaches. Right. Exactly. So, um, and I'm being serious you know, here. I, I, You're I, a head coach for a no, decade. I know, I know you are. Name another player that's. I mean, name another coach on on his tree that is uh, of assistant coaches for a decade with the Cowboys that's even close to being as good as Eberflus or having the stock that Eberflus has. For sure, it was supposed to be Richard. It was supposed to be Chris right. Richard, but it but it never did. Um, but no, I like, I, I do wonder, (laughs) I do wonder if, uh, if him having some sort of book on Dak does anything, if it's worth anything. Um, I, I don't know that it is, um, go ahead. Take the bears, sad. (laughs) I'll go. No, I'm going to go. I'm going to take the Cowboys, but I will take the bears in terms of defense. I'm going to say Cowboys win this. (laughs) 17 I'm going to say I'm going to say the Cowboys win this 13 to 10. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. A Maher game winner. Ooh, like <laughs> Walk this. it off. John Mee. Hey, real seen- quick. Real quick on the Maher thing. I found this interesting. You know, he leads the league with the most touchbacks. Reason why? John Fossil does not want to mention mess with his swing on his kick. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. He's in a good groove. Let's not try and get him to like, hey, take a little off. Let's try and not, maybe kick it to the 10. Let's see if they can return. It's like, nope, boom it every single time. We're not messing with it. I like the idea. Makes sense. I do too. Don't get cute. 25 yard line's fine every right. time. I agree. Don't get cute here. Uh, five and two, John, you and I, I'll go first here. Uh, in a callback to the aforementioned Cowboys big win over the Falcons last year, Cowboys 43, Falcons three. And I mean it. Let down game coming. Offense gonna explode. Forty three to three. Defense probably gonna have two touchdowns as well though. So Wow. That's impressive. I can't go that big. I'm gonna go <laughs> Cowboys twenty four. Uh Bears thirteen. Um going into last week's game, Mike McCarthy was eighteen and seven for his career against the Lions, so he improved to nineteen and seven. Going into this game for his career, he is 18 and 7 against the Bears. So I think he will improve to 19 and 7 against them too. I mean, this guy, seriously, he's owned the divisions that he's coached in. Yeah. That's hey, it's what he does. That's what he does. And hey, it, it's more of a tip and a feather in the, that cap if he could do it this year. Absolutely. Where right now you're in third place in the division, even though we're pretty happy about where they're at. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Halftime show was announced. 
Mm-hmm. For the second time in their history, the Thanksgiving show, the Thanksgiving halftime show, I should say, for the second time in the Cowboys history will be everyone's favorite trio. You know these guys like Destiny brothers. Child again? No. no. Ooh, I like that. It's Nick, Joe, and Kev. The Joe Bros are back. Wow, no one has Everybody just calm down. No Everybody just nothing. calm down. I know you're excited. Everyone relax. We all get a chance to talk. <laughs> for I, feel like this is a, I feel like this is a good get. Yeah, I, I mean, for a Thanksgiving halftime show, I don't think it's bad. Like, I think it's... I think it's pretty good, but I don't think it's uh, like, I mean, it wouldn't it, like, you know, if I'm going to the game, I'm happy to see them there, but it's not like, it's not one of those halftime shows where I'm like, oh, well, you know, this really spices it up for me. It just doesn't do it for me. So, Well, it, it'll continue the history of people crapping on halftime shows, no matter what, like it doesn't matter who it is. It's like, there's a good portion. I was hoping for Blink-182 personally. Oh, that would together. be rad. You said trio, tease trio. No. Yeah. Shout out to Stacy on Twitter who tweeted at right after I tweeted who it was going to be. She said, this is very on brand. We'll be anxiously awaiting the reaction from the About Them Cowboys crew. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Stacy. Well, here we are. <laughs> Love I'll it. I'll just say this. I, I am a little, um, uh, you know, the word is not annoyed. The word is not frustrated. The word is just kind of meh at, here's what we do. We go country, we go pop. We go country, we go pop. We go country, we go pop. And I'm just, I, I, I just am dying for them to mix it up a little bit. And, yeah, I'm a big, uh, I'm, I'm more hip hop well, and rock and roll, and they just don't have many acts in, in either of those You know who lanes. picks uh, the, the, the acts? Uh, Jerry Jones Sr., well, I I know our. <laughs> that was good. How good would that be? I love Kane Brown. Get him in here. Hey, what about what about Enrique? Is Enrique Dad? He hasn't done anything in a decade. Well, he'll probably be cheaper then. <laughs> I think the Joe Bros are coming in cheap. All right, hey, well, real quick. If we could do, we're gonna go around. I can read off names if you need a refresher. You can have one. Who would your pick be uh, if they came to you and were like, it's up to you, whoever you want for the halftime show, out of the list of people we've had before, who would you pick? This is easy. Okay, re- so read to- out the list again just so this we easy. know. It's, it's Creed. It's Creed. I'll do it pretty quickly. Don't. No spoilers, Kent. Hold on. That's right. the answer, though. <laughs> Luke Luke Combs, Kane Brown, Ellie Golding, Megan Trainer, Thomas Rhett, Eric Church, Luke Bryan, Pitbull, Selena Gomez, Kenny Chesney, Enrique Iglesias, Keith Urban, Daughtry, Jonas Brothers, Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood, Cheryl Crow, Destiny's Child, Toby Keith, Leanne Rimes, Creed, Jessica Simpson, Billy Gilman, Clint Black, Randy Travis, Reba McIntyre. Go. KT, you're up. Dude, it's only one of the greatest halftime shows of all time. It's Creed. Get out of here. Only if he's flying. The guy was flying on the thing. Yeah, I 100% agree. Okay, well, hold on. Hold on. We're going to go to Saad. Okay, real real quick, read off like the first five names. I'm going to read them them. all again. No, I'm going to. Country guys. Oh, you want the country ones from back like in the 90s? He said read off. No, no, just 
It's Luke Combs, Kane first, Brown, like, five, six names. Ellie Golding, oh. Megan Trainer, Thomas Rhett, Eric Church, Luke Bryan, Pitbull, Selena Gomez. Oh, okay. No, those are so I would go with either Selena Gomez, Pitbull, or uh Destiny's Child. But I'd probably go with Selena Gomez. I agree with all of Saad's picks there. If, and only if, Creed is not available to do the exact same halftime. They can't, we can't get Creed, and all of a sudden they're like, no, we're going to put a new spin on. No, no, no. They have to have the guy flying around. It has to be the exact same jerseys, all of that stuff. If they do it exactly the same, it has to be Creed. Well, Creed's not together. And neither is Destiny's Child. Bring them so back. So if we're what? only chewing, choosing from bands that we could actually get, I don't know. For me, it's probably Sheryl Crow, honestly. Of all these artists that I've had to get one, I'd want, I'd want to watch Sheryl Crow at halftime. You're just watching her? Dude, how, how crazy? I, mean, I, I know. Yeah, how crazy great. would it have been? Carrie Underwood's how, up there for me. If it makes you happy, come on. All timer. Waiting all day for Sunday night? It's classic. Dude, what, how crazy would it have been, though, if Jerry somehow pulled off Taylor Swift, given everything over the last week or whatever? Yeah. It, oh, yeah. Dude, it would have been, that would have been nuts. Would that be, would, would that be more nuts than if he got Kanye West? Sorry, that was inappropriate. <laughs> that would be I, I Actually, I need to bring that, I need to bring you that up. You thought they were going to get baby last year, John. So yeah, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm still upset, but let me just <laughs> mention baby. this. You know, during the weeks <laughs> of practice outside, when they're stretching, under Jason Garrett, they used to play music throughout practice, but under Mike McCarthy, they just played during stretching. And during the season, that music has tended to be on the uh, side of whoever the team they're playing. And I go walking out there today, and I'm like, they're playing the Bears. We're going to hear some Kanye West. Didn't hear any. Hmm. Who did we get? Some Chicago music? Who did we get? The band Chicago? It, was not, it wasn't any Chicago music. It was, uh, uh, I can't think who it was. A lot of Wilco. It was no chance the rapper. It was like all the Chicago acts I was thinking of. It wasn't any of those. I can't think who they had playing today. Damn it. Fallout Boy. Probably Smashing DaBaby. Pumpkins. <laughs> oh, you know what? I forgot about Smashing Pumpkins. That is a Chicago group. Were they cranking some Earth, Wind, and Fire? Common? None. Were they I'm cranking some Fallout Boy and Wilco? They're all from Chicago, too? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's what I said. What about some Damn. Curtis Mayfield? Good for them. That's a, that's Were a they good cranking some Mr. Roboto by Styx? Yes, that was one of the songs. Yes, they did that during the stretching. Yes. Oh my god! I can't even imagine them doing that's that. Embarrassing. All right. Well, then let's each that's, go around like, and name one act you really would want them to see. That's actually doable. I said Cheryl Crow. Bring it on. No, right? that's not that it hasn't been. You can oh. pick anybody. Oh, anybody yeah, no. ever? Oh, that would do. Okay. That be that would do it. That's actually a band. Okay. Um, that that yeah, would do it. Yeah. yeah, the Rolling Stones are not doing it, so you know yeah. you gotta have some expectations here. Yeah, for would me, it's, Bruno it's do it because Bruno would be the best. Too big, but I don't, too big. Yeah, too big. Uh, and I think in country like Garth and George Strait, too big. Oh, yeah. You can't I, I want to like see. Dude. I want to see Leon Bridges do it. You know what? That would make I sense. Wanna, I would see Dua Lipa. No, I Give would me love Dua to see Lipa. That. Might be too big right now. I think too big right now. Really? Dang. Okay. <laughs> I can I can probably guess they probably went after like Olivia Rodrigo and Dua Lipa and those types of people. Too big. They're too big. Yeah. Post so Malone. Had, you got to go to Joe Bros. The local Post, Post Malone. Malone. 
Yeah, he's doable just because just because of the hometown thing. Like I, he might be too big in a vacuum. Like he's OC probably can just hold out for as... Super Bowl though a few more years probably. Yeah, yeah. So get him now before he gets like there because his last album's trash. Uh, oh, oh, oh! I said it. I mean, that's pretty disrespectful. You know, you know who we're gonna okay. get to? I like Posty personally. I just want Posty to go make. Uh, I want him to do something different. I think Posty could go do. Like a rock do or a rock country record. Yeah, do a rock album. Okay. Yeah, yeah cool. I think he could do that because he's KT. Awesome. You want you want him to see uh, the Killers or what's the uh, Polytonic Spree one? Poly- hey, here's a question for right you. Right up the road. <laughs> and you, KT. Who would you say? This is 2021 Billboard. Okay. Who would you say was the the top selling band last year? The Beatles. Top selling band. Ro- Rolling Stones. No. No and no. Earth, on on albums or tour? Uh, this is just top selling artists. I assume this is album sales. So, okay, because that's different. Billboard. Like some of those bands, are yeah. So yeah, this is albums, albums slash song sales, whatever. Yeah, Billboard band, probably Imagine Imagine Dragons. Dragons. Yes, like that. That's a good guess. No. Uh, what's it start with? <laughs> Can they get them? Or are they too big, Katie? Too. What probably? does it start with? Magic Dragons might be too big. Yeah. Coldplay starts with the letter F. Foo Fighters. No. <laughs> the Foo Fighters starts with the letter F. Frank and the. I don't yeah. know, man. Co- keep keep going. F. Almost oh, there. Frank. Frank, <laughs> Frank and the Beans. No That's the one. Frank no. and the Plumbers. Uh, who is it? It's Fleetwood Mac. Oh, okay. that's because the that's because the grape juice guy. Oh God! Oh, no kill me way. now. There's it's no not way. Just that's of crazy. That. It's not just because, no of that. Crazy. It's because of that. It is no way. There's Dude, no way it's because of that. Kate Bush has a career. Not because of, not again, just because, because of that. Of no, things. no. Kate, this is what it's because of. It's because of teenage girls, young people want to get into old older music. You know, you see a picture of Stevie Nicks. You listen to Fleetwood Mac. You're like, oh. You're on your skateboard, you're drinking that. ocean you can go spray. You'll get rumors at the t- at Target on vinyl. You know? great, hey, great album though, from beginning to end. Yeah. Sure. Probably is. one of the greatest albums of all time. Also, it's just because of Cran Juice Guy. No. It's all it oh. is. Not just be just because of Cran Cran Juice. I mean, that's that guy, all it is. There's nothing more to it. He no deserves one's some money for that. Went down and said, "Hey, honey, listen to this record from my childhood." That's not <laughs> how this worked. This worked because the guy was skateboarding and drinking an ocean spray. That's it. It's that, that, that album is still that and Nevermind by Nirvana, um, are still like, I, I look at the billboard charts almost every week and that, that's like still in the, consistently in the top 20. Yeah. These still. are also albums that they album sell. Sales. They mass produce these albums and sell them at Target. Who, who, give me the top uh, yeah. five, Kate, Kent. What's top five? Top five artists or? No, band? yeah. Not that that's list. the first band and they were at number 55. So it just tells you you, you. every, I was just trying to say everybody's a solo artist now. So if you're trying to get a big band, they just, there's just not a lot to choose from. Number one, Drake, uh, Olivia Rodrigo, The Weeknd, Taylor Swift, Morgan Wallen. Oh yeah. Ariana Grande. I could see them doing that. And he, no, he got, kind of got canceled. I don't think they can do that. I was going to say he was going to be kind of my uh, halftime pick if we were going to go back to guesses. (laughs) They just sold out the Rangers ballpark like a month ago. Yeah, but everyone wins. Cowboys he are kind of w- in the, it's a Salvation Army. It's got, there's a lot. He was it. canceled, but he's back, KT. 
What do you get canceled for, Kent? He uh, screamed the uh, N word. Uh, okay, well, he's out there. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna have that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Do- Doja Cat after that, then Bieber, seriously, Luke Holmes, who we've had. I guess I'm sleeping on Doja Cat. I didn't think she'd be top Doja Cat's five. huge. Bro, oh, yeah. okay. come on. You've been sleeping on Doja Cat? You need to wake up from that slumber. <laughs> I know I know she's successful at just top five. I'm thinking it was all going to be like, you know, Bieber. Uh, Dua Lipa, uh, you know what? BTS, so, Billie Eilish. That's someone said this Billie Eilish. earlier. I don't know if it was Kent or John, but one of you guys said that like they usually get someone like two years after their... <laughs> Like their last yeah. hit had yeah. played. Like that's what Sugar that's what was. Like, what like, two I years could, ago? For I Jonas can see Brothers? Bieber doing this in two or three no way. years. No way. Way too big older. for this. Way no, too big. Bieber, Bieber could do Super Bowl at some point. Yeah, yeah, Bieber. Way Bieber's too way too big for this. For, right Just now, on reputation speak, alone. If you uh, if you still have a trajectory of of doing a Super Bowl in your future, the Post Malones, the Lil Nas X's, those types of people, no, you're you're oh. not going to mess, mess around with this. Olivia Rodrigo could have been one that could have done it because if she does a Super Bowl, it's going to be in like eight years probably before she has enough albums and stuff to to probably KT don't even ask say her. It. But <laughs> can you imagine going no. to the suite at halftime? Jerry, Steven, Jerry Jr., the rest of them. All they're enjoying a halftime hot dog and the little Nas X halftime show takes place. And it's the most risque thing they've ever seen. <laughs> and they've seen a lot. <laughs> it's the most risque thing in the world. Just scathely clad men dancing on each other while Lil Nas X wows the crowd. I don't see anything. Can you imagine? I don't see anything that? wrong with that. Yeah, that I just can't imagine getting down to the locker heaven. room after to ask Jerry about it immediately. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say it wasn't bad. Show. He's like he was really enjoyed it. He's like, yeah, I thought it was. By the good. way, uh, Imagine Dragons number 92 on the list um, ahead of them. The Eagles, Guns N' Roses, ACDC. <laughs> yeah, Guns N' Roses makes sense, man. They're Queen, they've been touring. Maroon 5. What? Would you guys go see the Guns N' Roses? On no. This, on I was talking tour? about this on my uh, movie podcast the other day. Is it bad? Um, yes, it's bad. Axel okay. is... We're talking about like Springsteen and McCartney and all these guys that can play three hours. They're 80 years old. Elton yeah. John, you're like, oh my God, they have an age. They sound right. incredible. Axel's like the complete opposite of that <laughs> phenomenon. So there's not even... You if you free, can age as poorly as possible, that's how Axel's done. You're it. telling me somebody gives you free tickets to Dickies. Uh, you're in, you know, one, within the first 20 rows. You, you're not going for free, Kent? No. Really? I'm good. I'm good. Not even to see Slash? I, I'd probably watch a song and I'd be like, ah, cool. I got it. I'm good. Maybe put something on the gram. I'm just not into hair metal. I don't know. Well, yeah, and his it. voice is trash now. Like, Yeah, he, and if they sounded right awesome, it. if it was like, God, you gotta go see Guns N' Roses, I'd, I'd be into it. I'm just not into their, really into their music. Uh, I don't know. Never were or just aren't now? Oh, I totally was. Appetite okay. for Destruction when I was in like sixth grade was, yeah. you know. And yeah, then you get that CD tattoo player. on your shoulder? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet Child of Mine. That was a popular one, yeah. Yeah, with a picture of uh, <laughs> Duffy. Do you think they could do the halftime show for Thanksgiving? No. Okay, well, before we get out of here, we have to vote because we have four of us on this jury. Everyone on the count of three, say the name of your favorite Jonas brother. One, two, three. Joe. Joe. Steve. Steve? 
Yeah. <laughs> He's the fourth one. The Cooper yeah. Cooper Jonas. Yeah. Did you Joe. say Joe? I said Joe. Yeah. And We're all Joe bros. This, Nick this Jonas. Probably, yeah. This, there's something about him I don't like. I, I probably, shunned Nick Jonas on the Cowboys sidelines a couple years ago. That was a funny story. I when I saw they were the halftime act, I went and looked up. Uh, how many how many brothers are there, by the way? There's three there, that are in the band. There's three in the band, but I mean overall. There's yeah, a younger one. one. There's yeah. a younger, a small younger one. Yeah. So I looked up there. I looked up four of them, and I just found it interesting that because I wanted to see if there was any local ties. And one, I think, it was Joe. They are. No, I'm telling you, all four were all born somewhere else. Each of them were yeah. born in a different city. One was like somewhere in New Jersey. One was Dallas. I want to say one was in California. I think maybe it was two in New Jersey. But I was just like, wow, that's kind of wild. But they used to I guess live in the, show business. Um, the Vaquero uh, area. How did they get their start, Kent? Like, how did they get discovered? Disney. Okay. A lot of Dallas, Demi Lovato, Selena, and them are all from here. I think Disney has a lot of connections and talent scouts here and things like that. Um, so Forever yeah. the Sega's kids. Yeah. Yes. That's how Man, I knew where them. Where are they at? Why aren't, why aren't they playing? They are what's show. called on a hiatus these days, KT. But, you know, Blink-182 reunited, so you never know. Yeah, I watched the VH1 Beyond the Music about it, KT. It got ugly. Oh, man. Got real, real disgusting. Yeah. You could come back like Blink One Eighty Two did, and uh, and then raise your ticket prices and really just make a killing. So you guys should consider that. <laughs> no chance. No chance. We, it would be in an arena. There's no. All right. No chance. We'll talk to you guys Sunday night. Uh, it's a noon game again, so beware the sleepy noon game. Uh, but also beware a Chicago Bears team that has quit based on today's news of <laughs> trading Robert Quinn to the Eagles. Uh, for side use of covering those Dallas Stars, the wind's going again, side. I don't know what happened there. On the road, things went bad. We got to get them going again. For Father John Mashoda and for Kent Garrison, who you can also hear on the Bears podcast later this week on The Athletic. Hogan Johns. I think you're, 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 previewing, you're previewing the Cowboys with them, so that's cool. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm Kevin KT Turner. We'll see you Sunday on the next edition of About Them Cowboys. Bye. One, two, fucking punch!